Hey everybody, it's Griff here, back with another episode of the HLP. Can you guys believe this is the last double-digit episode? 99, and 100 is next week. Speaking of 100, I have a couple of things to announce, a couple of different scheduling changes to announce as we ramp up for the Big Bad Episode 100. The first thing I want to note is that our Zone of Truth scheduled for Monday is no longer going to come out on Monday. It's coming out on Thursday. It's a episode 100 focused episode, so we're going to give it to you right after you can listen to all three parts. Yeah, I said three. Three parts of episode 100. Speaking of three parts, this release schedule is going to be a little bit different We're going to release all three parts on three separate days. You're going to get a new episode on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. So if you're listening to this when it airs, make sure you're refreshing your feeds next week because you're going to get an episode on the 7th, 8th, and 9th of July. And we're doing that so we can give you guys a little bit of time to listen It's going to be about six hours of content, and we want you to be able to get through it if you're caught up because, and if you're listening to this, you are caught up, but because on Friday, July 10th, we're going to be having a live stream event with the members of the HLP and the members of the community, you guys. We're going to be doing that on Twitch at 7 p.m., and What we're going to do is we're going to keep it a little bit spoilers light. I would love if you guys send in some questions that you want us to answer, whether they're about 100 or the rest of the show, but I think we want to focus on the HLP as a whole. You know, we've been doing this for almost two years, and it's it's mind-boggling to think about, but there's a lot of content out out there, a lot of things that we've done. Um and we're going to talk about them and and we're going to answer your questions and you know those of you that send crazy questions on uh the zone of truth we'll we'll answer some of that stuff live um we'll be accepting stuff from both the Twitch chat and the um and the Discord chat and honestly we might even go a little bit late i don't i don't think we've uh we've discussed as a group what the end time's going to be on that so if you want to hang out with us, drop in pretty much any time on Friday evening, any time after 7 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be there, we'll be chatting, and we might even do a little bit of an after party, so stay tuned for that. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode. I think it builds to what episode 100 is going to be phenomenally. This is episode 99, A Prince and His Wolves. Do you like liquor and things that go boo? Then buckle up, listener, because this one's for you. Prepare yourself for the Hideous Laughter Podcast.
holy crap. It's episode 99 of the Hideous Laughter Podcast. Can you believe in one week we're going to drop our 100th episode with a huge asterisk on it because it's like going to be our 150th episode? <laughs> true, 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 true. 100 episodes of the main pod. Don't, don't count anything that was multiple parts. <laughs> it's really exciting, though. I know. I'm so fucking pumped to get to episode 100. I can't believe Brooks already took that uh, that book deal. <laughs> book deal. If he could write or read. Both qualities that uh, you and maybe somebody, yeah, m- the maybe somebody else. Either one. Yeah. But guys, we got to get through 99 to get there. And we have a little setting up to do before we get to episode 100. And part of that setup is the important question of, Steve, what are you drinking, bud? All right. I'm finishing off this last warped wing uh, watermelon ghost. And after that, I'm going to roll straight into this tall boy Brewdog Sonic Temple beer. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Love these things to death. And when I'm done with that, Griffin, the dark horse of the White Claw pack number two, watermelon. Yeah. Speaking to somebody else who's probably drinking White Claw. Hey, Brooks. Hey, Griff, uh, you are very much so correct. Uh, watermelon for me as well. Uh, can't have those laws. Just just don't like them. Episode 99, there's no fucking laws. That's right. No fucking laws, but other laws as well. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, right. Oh. Well, speaking of no fucking laws, hey, Haley, what you drinking? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm drinking mint and a rosemary <laughs> strawberry drink with vodka. And then our Patreon beverage of episode 99. Emily, what are you drinking? The gasoline queen herself got 99. I have the delight of drinking uh, tarantula swarm, which is a name I came up with my uh, came up with myself because you know we're building excitement. But this uh, was suggested by Adam, and it has uh, brandy, sugar, coffee, uh, and then some cinnamon and nutmeg in it. I have not tried it yet, but I'm hoping it's good. Mm. It actually sounds pretty decent. That sounds great, especially for like the, I don't know what, third or fourth drink of the day. <laughs> That's being generous. Third yeah, third or yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was really surprised when you added the tarantula hair to it as well. Well, you know, I come up with the names and then I really wanted to commit to the drink. So just got to go for the full wow. experience. These, uh, our listeners are privileged. To to be listening to you drink hairy uh, beverage. Oh, gross. Speaking of oh. hairy, Griffin. <laughs> yeah, I do have that. <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little nostalgic. 99 episodes and we're about to roll into 100. So uh, I'm celebrating a little bit. I'm having some Angel's Envy. I'll be celebrating much more on episode 100. However many episodes quote unquote that lasts <laughs> an infinite amount we, we we finished our eighth year of hlp on episode 100 it's part- weird episode 100 part 60 <laughs> they finally got to book five took a hard left turn banged out ruins of aslant back into carrying <laughs> still episode 100 
Oh boy. So why don't we get into episode 99. Last time we met our heroes, they took down Mathis Mordernacht and came to a truce with Sabriza Dorznehev. The party sits on High Throne, the most exalted place for the wolves of the Shutterwood, and Ikmer stands victorious against other claimants to the throne, or so he thinks. And that's where we'll enter. So upon High Throne, the party stands victorious. What are you doing? And as Matumbe and Ikmer kind of talks to Brisa into fealty, at the very end of that conversation, you hear a squish, a crunch, and a thwack as Eclipse takes her axe through Mathis's throat and grabs his head. Uh, she would walk over to Matumbe, Sabriza, and Ikmer and say... Ikmer, it's time to announce your leadership. We should take Sabriza and the part of Mathis's body that matters, I have it here, and show it to those who may doubt. I recommend we go down one floor where there's open air and we can make the announcement. You are the only other wolf here that beat this crew. You're now the leader over this clan. Whatever Sabriza was over is now yours. I agree. They need to know the changes that are... Well, that have happened. And they are beneath me. And he'll uh, look over to the werewolf that just ran up all of the stairs. <laughs> Probably a bit exhausted. <laughs> he'll just give a side eye look over to uh, him or her and uh, make sure that that is indeed the case. Yeah, and he has laid down his bow. Um... And at this point, Sabriza kneels and she pleads fealty to you. And I think going through her head, she doesn't even know what she's signing up for. You have no pack. You have no claim. And yet, you've defeated Mathis you've defeated her and allowed her to live. And so she pledges her fealty to you. So Mathis wasn't actually over any clan though, right? Mathis was the leader of the Mordrenok clan and claimed that he was the new pack lord. Well, yes, I understand that he claimed he was the new pack lord, but... And so the doors have the Dorzenevs allied with the Mordrenok and... Sabriza claim fealty under him. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that explains. My notes have Morjanak plus Dorsnap. 
So I didn't know if they were the same or separate. So I want to make sure that was clear. Yeah, so again, Eclipse would uh, start bringing Sabriza down a floor because right now we're in a glass dome, so it's not open air. So she can't talk out to the woods where there might be more wolves. So she would say, uh, Sabriza, you need to come down with me. And Ikmer, you as well. It's time to announce to a greater party your, your ruling. Uh, would Sabriza come? Yeah. Yeah. Ikmer would also assist with, uh, making sure that she is, uh, following. Great. So then we're down a floor and it's now more open air. And Eclipse would take Mathis's head in hand and she would have Sabriza follow her with Ikmer following Sabriza and would kind of announce to everyone uh, if there's, because I'm assuming there's still wolves out in the forest around. Yeah. Before you can do this, what you see when you look out is absolute anarchy. Hundreds of wolves fighting on the battlefield in front of High Throne, and you see the Volan Sang fighting these brown wolves who are organizing in packs, and this combat is happening so fast and so brutally that death surrounds the field. Volan Sangs don't have a leader right now. No. And the brown wolves, would I recognize where they're from? You think they might be the prince's wolves. Gotcha. Man, I wish I had something that could make my voice louder. All I have is something that could make my voice appear in a different location. Make me a, um, just a straight intelligence check or a wisdom check. Uh, it's all intelligence, obviously. (laughs) Anybody. (laughs) Oh, okay. You're all down here seeing this. Sure. Come here with that 19 for a total of 19. 23. 12. 23. You think that um, during the chaos, unless you want to be the next Mathis, you might want to leave High Throne. Yes, you could stand up to 20 wolves. Can you stand up to 100? Yep, sounds right. Sounds like we're not going to be stupid. Um, as Eclipse starts to go about her speech and, and wants to bring Sabrina along and Ikmer along, uh, she's going to look outside, eyes go wide. She's going to drop Mathis' head and say, Uh, I actually think it's time to go. Hitting hitting the same intelligence check as she looks back to the party, Matube gives her the, like, cut across the throat. <laughs> nope, 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 bad time. Yep. Yep. Right there with you, Monsieur Bay. It's time to go. Ikmer, do not say anything. Freya, nothing. Sabriza, keep your mouth fucking shut. It's time to go. I- Ikmer uh, realizes the severity of the situation and is like, okay, yeah, okay. So do you do you bring Mathis's head though? To prove that you killed him. Uh, I guess I guess we could. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So you get. You get going, 
and I'm gonna need you to make a stealth or something. If you can think of something else that you want to do, something to cause a distraction to get you passage, you can try it. Did we want to be in High Throne when we did the whole ritual thing with Desna's uh, book? The scroll? ritual scroll did say that you need to be in High Throne. Well, I mean... But right now, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. So is this a situation where we might just like kind of lay low for the night and come back here when things die down? Or just go up the stairs and perform the ritual? The ritual from the scroll, you know, will take at least a day. Oh. Well. They didn't have to make it easy after all that combat. If this is some werewolf civil war shit, we need to lie low for a second. Absolutely. You've just killed a pack leader and claimed (laughs) another pack. Yeah, you probably want to lay low. It's not the right time, Eclipse. We will be sure to just at a different time, but we gotta go right now. Yep, I I literally just said that. Let's get out of here. So what are you doing? You're attempting to flee, but you're not going to flee without notice unless you can either sneak, which I know you're all garbage at, or figure something else out. Well, maybe we should heal a little bit first. I know we, uh, it's definitely our time is of the essence here. Yeah, as you watch, you see wolves getting closer to the entrance to High Throne. You maybe have two rounds to heal before... Unless you fly down, you're not going to make it out of the building before uh, other wolves make it in. Okay. Without the archery support, uh, it's kind of fair game. What's I mean, this kid's name? To run. <laughs> the one guy that's <laughs> run away. <laughs> Our one archer. <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously, but. <laughs> I did name him last episode. I can't remember now. <laughs> I mean, I have flying. It's, it's yeah, it's tough. We're trash at healing. I'm sorry, no, we're good at healing. You're good at healing. We're trash at stealth. Um, and my my other gut response is just to like flee as fast as possible. But we're up against a bunch of like quadruped werewolves. Like we're gonna get overrun if we now do they're that. fighting amongst each other. So if you could bypass them, you think they're probably not following you into the woods. It looks like this battleground is like this empty this cleared area in front of High Throne. Yeah, and we Ekmer would say like well I mean uh, we don't have a chance to sneak out of here. Our best bet is speed together. Do you have the best interests of the Doors and Evs at heart boy? Everyone deserves to have the best chance at life and prosperity. Then make haste. And a cloud of fog emanates from Sabriza. Very well, nice. I'm not looking to gift horse in the mouth. Let's run. Exactly. Let's Agreed. go. Agreed. And just, yeah. She's coming with us. Ikmer will make sure that she's uh, quick behind, at least. Yep. So you run. 
and now you can certainly see them. These wolves fighting the large Volensangs, the, pr the primals, look a lot like Ikmer when he changes. And you see some still tattooed with these infernal marks. And they're in the fight as well, but you see that there's less of them. It looks like it's a duke-out situation between everyone but the devil wolves. As if the, the Mordrenach and the Dorzenev wolves don't know what's happened to their leaders. They're in this combat as well, but the prince's wolves have arrived. You make it to the edge of the woods and then into the woods. And the sounds of combat still erupt from this field for another half an hour before subsiding. What do you do now? Well, probably start with some healing. I'm at 17. All right, Freya will use her last channel of the day. Yeah, I imagine in this in this half hour you could have healed up pretty well. Eighteen. We have nowhere to go that's safe. We can't go back to the lodge. I'll throw out a whack ass idea here. What if we head back to the old Weaver Worm Tower? It should be empty. You know that's like it. Is so it too far, far away? away. Yeah, okay, I wasn't like sure. Multiple days yeah. journey. It, it took us a I know, like we time. slept once. I didn't know how much. Yeah, because it was like a half day's journey from that to the lodge, and then this okay. has been like another half day's journey from the lodge. Well, I, I think at that point it's just get as far out as we can that's still in the woods and probably make camp. Like, got nowhere else to go. Yeah, Maybe uh, a smallest fire as possible. Ah, oh, yes. Make more specialty. Thirteen. Dirty twenty. Nineteen. Eighteen. Matumbe, you catch a glimpse as you're kind of closer to the edge of the woods. You see a familiar... I guess we'll call it body part. Appears to be one of Duriston's men. Parts of him. He's pretty torn up. Um, and as you look on, you see, yes, in fact, there are the, the other cohorts uh, dead around you in the woods. So besides the fact that a lot of my instances of Bane and my spells have been depleted for the day, I also don't have any inspiration left. I can still roll the free ones, obviously, but like mm -hmm. the pool's done. Um, I don't know how many people this resonates with listening, but um, if you've got a job where you crush your spreadsheets all day, you know, th think about the feeling at the end of a day like that, where you where you're just you're not physically exhausted, but just mentally exhausted. And that's Matumbe right now, and he's a little haggard. I mean, I'm at full strength here, but um, just kind of drained. 
He holds up a fist. I fear that history has begun to repeat itself. Look around you, my friends. Once again, Duristan's party has fallen on difficult times. Upon seeing this, anyone can make a survival check. Matumbe, you will take the bonus to tracking. I think it's a fair um, fair point. Oh, man. Ikmer typically holds the sapling rod unless it's planting, which is a plus Yeah, I four. think Ikmer would grasp the sapling rod. Uh, and actually, Sabriza will uh, attempt to aid. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Ikmer indeed will grasp She's it firmly. aiding Ikmer because, obviously... Uh, she does. I've got a 13 total. 13 total. My uh, grasping it firmly did not pay off Pay off as, as well as I would have hoped. Uh, with the aid, it is a 12. Freya is one with nature right now. I rolled a natural 20, so that's a 24. Freya, you notice, uh, and I think just spending time with him and looking at his gear... You notice a spot where it looks like a man fell, and you see scraps of the kind of wolf pelt that Duristan wore. And then you see drag marks off into the woods. Freya pulls the group over to the uh, depression, saying, Durston might still be alive. I think these, and she pulls the, like, bits of fur, came from that pelt he had, he held in such high regard. I think he might still be alive, but he was taken. In all the excitement, I almost forgot that we came out here with Duristan. Hopefully he still draws breath. I do, indeed, uh, hope that he's still alive, but his, uh, hunting ways will have to be discussed. As you follow the, the drag marks, you see it actually about a hundred yards into the woods turns into footsteps. Several paw prints and footsteps. It looks to you like Duristan got up uh, and, and maybe followed or went with whatever these other tracks are, you're pretty damn sure these are werewolf tracks. You've seen them a lot now. They don't just look like a big wolf anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he was smart enough to uh, to go along with them. Hopefully we can find him still alive. Do you think that he was smart enough to go along with his captors? Or something about him changed? Lycanthropy is a disease that can affect any of us. 
do the footprints like turn into they don't. paw prints? No, so they, still they remain footprints, and that's why they're distinct among the other paw prints. Is because Dur- you, you imagine these are Duriston's prints because they're the only human-looking footprints. They look like he's still wearing boots. Very strange indeed. There's only one way to find out. I think this is our clearest path forward, but I warn everybody that this may take us to a place that we are not ready for. If you feel we are comfortable here staying the night, hiding, recharging, we should do that now. I do not feel confident following these tracks without our full strength. Matumbe, I'm less far down, but... All of those abilities that I use that get me out of situations, I don't have very many left. I have quite a few. Um, enough to get me through if we need to, but if it's a fight like we just had, it might be more risky. But I at least have enough if we want to keep going that I could help support the team. I appreciate your willingness to... Uh, frankly, yourself and, and Ikma are less my concern, and, and more myself and Freya. Over the last day or so, Freya has kept us alive through thick and thin, brought me back from the brink, and frankly, we may not be here with a pack lord tonight if Freya weren't here, and I fear her abilities have been quite spent. I say we take care of ourselves first. And find out what happened to Duriston on the morrow. That's very true. We are strongest together. And that means that we are all of ourselves together. We couldn't have done it without anyone here. My abilities are quite spent. I don't have much energy left, but I do know if Durston is out there and he may be succumbing to some kind of curse, I might be able to help him. We have that wolfsbane. If we wait too long, we could be too late. Can I roll a knowledge check to know, like, if he was bitten, would there be enough time that we could actually help him? Sure. Um, roll me a knowledge nature. Nature. Yeah, 14. I don't need to see it. Is Matumbe also rolling? Yeah, I'd be a 26. Yeah. Uh, Freya, you can... It's night. Oh, shit, Griff. 27. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the stage of the moon. The moon is finally full. Matumbe, you know that if Duristan was bit under the full moon, he's beyond Wolfsbane. He'll turn. Matumbe is going to put his hand on on Freya's shoulder. The moon is hanging low tonight. Whatever is done here is done. I believe Duristin is 
a lycanthropic animal now. It pains me that I might be too late to help him if he was bitten. But in the state I'm in now, if we come across more werewolves, I won't be much help. More of a burden. You may be too late for this one, but there will be more. Your talents will be needed further in the future. Pushing ourselves tonight would only extinguish that hope. Let's not stay too far from his path. They'll get ahead of us, but I'd like to follow them tomorrow. All right. So you set camp? Yeah. I mean, here you're you're deep enough in the woods where you don't think anything near the stairs of the moon would find you if you had a modest fire, but you could still hear the echoes of combat. I would say... Probably we wouldn't do a fire if we can he- even hear a combat. That makes no sense. Okay, so no fire tonight. Pitch black. Camping. Under the light of the moon. Yep. And as you sit and maybe talk about things such as being too late or what's going to happen with Ikmer, with the new pack lord. Maybe you talk to Sabriza as well. She's um, she's helped you so far um, and basically offers the I will be fine on my own, but if you require the assistance of someone that is one with nature, I will stay and support the Prince of Wolves. Much appreciated. You you are more more than welcome to stay. I'd I'd hate for something to happen to you uh, with the the chaos that's going on. Not far away. If you feel you need me, I will stay. But if you could include me in a few of your healing rites, I would have the strength to take wing and let my pack know of your arrival as the prince. And let them know of what happened at High Throne. The doors and elves do not know that they should not have any quarrel with you. If you meet them, you may be killing your own future subjects. You're right. Uh, It is important to have that communication and for you to pass it down as quickly as possible to stop the interfighting. I'd hate for it to go on any any longer than it has already. Um I I understand uh your your power within your your own community, so yes, uh 
we we will heal you until you feel ready to to leave. Mechanically, she had five health left, so I think oh. she just wants to like be a little bit. She has a decent health pool, but I think she just wants to be a little bit healed to uh, to feel comfortable, like wild shaping and going and finding some of her clan. But you think, knowing that she's a druid, you think that she could probably cover some serious ground. Uh, just kind of, especially if her if her clan is in the area, just flying place to place and finding them. Oh yeah, she made it pretty clear that she was going to wild shape into a flying animal and and get out of there. He would, uh, I, I guess, he can't offer the healing himself, uh, but at the current uh, current state that he's in, which is the thirty five health of his total uh, ninety two at the time, he he would offer it before himself. Uh, Freya, I know you're fairly light on abilities. I could help with this one, if you're if you're okay. I have a few more spells I can use for healing, but if you also have the gift, go ahead and share it. This little light of mine, <laughs> I'm a let it shine. Uh, technically, so so what I'm talking about is I have one cure. Serious, I can do. I have my cure light wand as well as I have um, two fleshmen. So I have like quite a bit of healing that can be done. Yeah, and you guys are betting down for the night. So as long as you have the uh, consumables, I'm going to go ahead and uh, let us heal off air. Okay, great. Cool. Sounds good. So everybody is healed and you're making camp. Sabrina's been healed. She flies off. You're alone in the woods. Make a perception check. I got a bottle. So, Oof. 12. 28. I got two bottles for an 11. <laughs> That's not how it works. Freya? Uh, uh, 13. Matube, maybe it's because you're so familiar with losing your senses in the dark and the rest of your party seems sounds like a dig seems <laughs> completely uh you know unaffected by the dark but you see it this very dim flickering light off in the distance in the woods and you hear some rustling and it gets closer to you and appearing out from the brush in the small clearing where you've made camp tonight. Now you all see bathed in the light of a torch, a large orc skin gray, hair silver and black, eyes bright yellow, and he's accompanied by several humans. If you look at their garb and you think back to your time in Lepidstat, you'd say that 
they look very similar to the Zarni you came across. All right, so Matume is going to stand up and address this person, uh, obviously loud enough to wake up his uh, compatriots if they're sleeping or at least get their attention. Announce yourself, traveler. Who are you? We are just individuals regaining our composure this evening. We wish no trouble. My name is Rickmit Zardo. At your service. Well enough received, Rickmit. If it's all the same to you, we wish to be left alone in peace. If it's all the same to you, I didn't track you down by your the trail you left behind, although it was quite the spectacle, leaving High Throne in a cloud of mist. No, and he kind of taps the side of his nose. I followed you by smell. You see, I know him. And he points at Ekmer. And I've been hearing about him from my informants in Leopardstadt, and I've been looking for him. Rickmit, it has been a long day for us, and we just wish to lay our heads down. I think right now... It seems like you were among the ones fighting in the woods as we fled the temple. That would make you a wolf, or at least someone who consorts with the wolves. We wish no harm to you or your people. We will need to know your intentions now, for you address the Prince of the Wolves, Hikma. Well, the thing you should know is that we are the prince's wolves. And so the mere presence of the prince of wolves has us excited. It's okay, Matumbe. Uh, come forth and uh, sit, sit by the fire here, Rickmit. Uh, this is a uh, Clearly quite a tale you have, um, tracking us and, uh, spying from afar. Just, just for, like, doing its sake, I'm just going to do a quick sense motive, make sure. sure that, like, he's, what he's about. All right, 26. 26. Um, you sense an underlying second motive. Uh, something else behind his words like he's holding something back something nefarious it doesn't seem nefarious to you it doesn't seem like he's it seems like he's genuine when he says they are the prince's wolves and they're there to support the prince of wolves I agree we should let these travelers sit and and rest it seems your words are genuine and 
We have consorted with the prince's wolves already. If you claim to be among the prince's wolves and you speak the truth, then you are friends of us. Well, I am not merely the among the prince's wolves. I am the leader of the prince's wolves. Come to formally meet the prince of wolves. Ikmer. Oh. That's what she named you. Let me get a look at you. And he would reach out a hand. He he would look over to Matumbe and a little bit hesitant but st- and and skeptical. But things are moving very fast for him, and so he he would also reach his hand out. But he knows things are moving very fast. When you look over to Matumbe, Matumbe, um, having kind of getting a a decent read on this guy, gives you a nod. Um, He thinks he's trustworthy. And so you clasp hands and... Rickmit kind of takes your hand and he rotates it in his own and he looks down. He doesn't look you in the eyes at first. You sense kind of this, it it bristles in your hair with your newfound werewolf powers you can almost sense a sort of guilt or a or a shame emanating off of him as he rotates your hand around and 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 looks down and as he does we fade the hand that Rick McShakes is not a boy's hand anymore. The hand of a man. The type of hand that bears stories, tales, and scars for the world to see if they would just look close enough. These hands have seen much beyond their years. Bulbous knuckles broken over and over in the fighting pits of Ikmer's youth. Damaged tendons below the surface from years of hard living on the road, protecting wandering caravans, and the telltale lines of scars from being on the defending end of too many knife fights. But for all the hardship his two hands have seen, one mark has never faded with time. A long, thin scar across the fate line of his left palm. Bright red as the day it was torn across his flesh. The day he thought he'd never trust another soul again. The years and pain melt off Ikmer's hands, and in an instant he's back to a simpler time. Several years ago, in the dirty streets of a town indistinguishable among the few dozen towns he was raised in. The son of a drunk mother and an absent father, 
Ickmer followed his mom from town to town, begging, borrowing, or stealing what they could to medicate the hole left in his mother's heart. At this moment, the boy is crying. He cut his hand for the first time, a small gash on the web between the thumb and index finger. But it's not the cut that hurts most. It's the knowing that breaking the window to steal a few coppers will get them run out of town again. All to preserve those few fleeting moments where his mother could smile between her first drink and whichever one sends her into a rage against her son who just spilled his own blood for her. Worse even is the knowledge that everything is going away again. The shopkeepers that have begun to smile at him in the street, the pretty girl at the inn who talks to him about her day, the other kids who he never got a chance to play ball with, all gone in an instant. Months pass in new cities and new scars begin to appear on Ickmer's hands, each one a memory of a time worse than the one before. Those fleeting moments of his mother's levity are getting fewer and farther between, and try as he might, his bashed-in nose and filthy clothes aren't making him any friends. His mother, his only friend in the world, is turning into another woman, and it's driving Ickmer into more and more dangerous situations to bring her that smile. This time, as he walks back to her, it's raining, and with a pocket of coppers won at the price of a swollen lip and a broken knuckle in the local tavern basement, he pulls his cloak over his head to keep his hair dry. Suddenly, there's a sharp pain in the back of his head and stars explode across his vision. Ickmer crumples to the sodden ground as he loses consciousness in the muck, hands relieving him of his winnings. When he comes to, it's no longer raining and there's a smiling face in his vision. It's a half-elf about his age with slightly pointed ears and roguish features. Hey there, buddy. Are you okay? The boy asks. It's the first time in a long time that someone showed Ickmer any care. His heart breaks. Months on the road or alone in crowded rooms have built the walls around Ickmer's heart so that one kind question could shatter him. If Ickmer takes his hand, his scars nearly mirroring those of the half-elf, the next several weeks of his life are a blissful blur. His new friend, who he comes to know as Tolan, is part of an organization of boys just like him, doing the things that Ickmer's been doing to keep his mother happy. This time, and the next time, he needs to do a bad thing to bring her a few moments of good. Tolan and his friends are there for Ickmer. He doesn't have to run. He doesn't need to follow caravans to distant cities for coin. He might have a home. At the end of those weeks, Ikmer's hand bears no new scars, and some of the old ones begin to heal. Tolan has shown him how to unlatch windows without breaking the glass, lift coin purses without taking a blade to the ribs, and throw a punch without breaking a finger. Life is good, and for the first time in a long time, when his mother falls asleep deep in her cups, Ikmer falls asleep too, this time with a smile. Ikmer wakes to a pounding on the door. With a shattering crunch, the door explodes off its hinges and Tolan bursts in. Where is it? Where is it, you ungrateful thief? He shouts as he slams Ikmer against the wall. Ick is confused. He has no idea what his friend's referring to. 
Listen here, you little bastard. I know you took my pesh and pumped it into your washed-up mum so she wouldn't beat the shit out of you again. Tell me what you did with the rest of it, and maybe I'll let you both leave this town with your lives. Tolan drops Ickmer to the ground and begins tossing their rented room, throwing open drawers and overturning furniture. It's not here, it's not here! Suddenly, he stops and turns his attention back to Ikmer, a dark rage settling across his features that to Ikmer once seemed so caring. You bumped it all into that mess of a woman in the corner, didn't you? Ikmer's heart breaks again, because he still doesn't know why Tolan is so mad. But this time, it's so much worse than before. How could his friend think that he stole anything from him? Couldn't he see Ikmer's unconscious mother surrounded by liquor bottles? What even was Pesh? Tolan stalks toward the cowering half-orc. So that's how it is. I teach you everything I know. I keep your dirty ass and your filthy drunk mother off the street, and this is how you repay me? You're nothing without me telling you what to do. You're not worth the air you breathe. I'm going to put you out of your misery. Tolan draws a dagger from behind his back. One Ikmer has never seen before, with a foul purple sheen coating the blade. Quick as lightning, Tolan lunges at Ikmer, and the blade's slashing directly at his throat. Part of Ikmer knows the purple substance is probably more dangerous than the blade itself, but some animalistic instinct to protect his throat takes over and his left hand shoots up to intercept the blade. The blade slides through the skin of his hand like a hot knife through butter, and an instant fire erupts down Ikmer's wrist into his arm. At that moment, time slows. With each of Ikmer's panicked heartbeats, the toxin works its way further. One beat into his forearm, two beats into his shoulder, three beats into his chest. Ikmer's eyes widen as he expects his heart to burst on the next beat. This is it. That's life. At least his life. He'd die today. Afraid, broken, and alone at the hands of the only person he truly thought he could learn to trust. His heart beats a fourth time, and then a fifth, and a sixth, and no more pain comes. Tolan cocks his head, clearly expecting Ikmer to expire in that moment. It was then that something took over the boy, a desire to live so strong it couldn't be denied. A thirst for life, for something more, to keep fighting against the odds to fall down and to get back up again. It was then that something took over in Ikmer, a desire to live so strong it could not be denied, a thirst for life, for something more, to keep fighting against the odds, to fall down and get back up again, to get hit and hit back 10 times harder. Ikmer kicks out at the hand holding the knife and it falls to the floor. Before Tolan can recover from the shock, Igmer's bloody hand closes around the hilt of the knife and plunges it into the throat of his once friend. As Tolan drops, lifeless to the ground, Igmer looks at his hands. Alone again, but for his mother, who had slept through the whole ordeal, and for the first time realizes they're not the hands of a boy. For the first time, he sees thick, coarse hair on the back of his hands, blood welling from his new cut, his fate line on his left palm, split in two. Igmer looks at his fractured knuckles, his crooked fingers, and his split palm. If he had the hands of the man, it was time to be a man. And then we fade back. 
Tarot card, bud. Thank you. I had uh, clearly a lot of help writing <laughs> that. And well, it's your character. As fitting as who Ikmer is, a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. A good. And so, as Rickmit has your hand, he finally does look up and he looks you in the eyes. Yellow eyes to yellow eyes. My, how you've grown. Yes, they've definitely uh, seen difficult times with who you see here around the fire and no one else. So it's Ikmer then. The Prince of Wolves named Ikmer. That's right. (laughs) Well, your mother knows how to name them. You're speaking quite a bit about my mother. Well, that's because I knew her. Look at me, boy, and tell me you don't wonder. A gray fucking orc? Well, we're one in a fucking million, aren't we? Because no player's handbook says this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I look at you, and I see we're one in the same, and you lived. That's right. Then, you're implying that you're my father, and I am now only meeting you now. After I've had a a fortune of power, I, I, I don't even know quite what to call this yet, but with only the help of my family here, and you're only coming here now? I don't know quite what to tell you, but yes, I I do believe I am your father. I heard of you after you cleaned up that prison down at Ravengrow. Harrowstone, was it? They told me half-orc boy, gray skin, long black hair. They told me that the Prince of Wolves has been showing up in Harrow decks again. I took it as a sign. You know, Ikmer, your mother, well, she told me You died. And that's a lie. I've been believing for quite some time. 
till I heard, till I heard of a spark of a man who reminded me of me. And I had to figure out for myself if it could be you. I know I wasn't a part of your life, and I understand that. You and I will probably never be close, but I've come here on the scent of a wolf, a powerful wolf, and I smell that on you. And I've come to say that you have the support of the prince's wolves. Is he in wolf form, by the way? No, he's in... He's, again, a full orc. So think, like, seven foot five. I was gonna say, like, gray skin. Huge. Yeah. Hulking gray guy. All right. Sorry, just... Need clarification. Uh, great imagery. Shaquille O'Neal says orc. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's the only person that can look at the teammate in the eye before I decide to see more. Yeah. Ichmer turns his hand in Rickmit uh, to form a shaking hand. I'm not a hundred percent sure if in fantasy they is also it, shake hands. Is it a Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Carl Weather shaking hand? Is that no, okay. no? It's quite. Uh, soft. I mean, he would shake your hand back. I guess I I can't be overly surprised by the fact that she's she said that. And there's always time to grow and better understand uh, who I am. So, I I very much so look forward to us. Uh, know that I may, may not come to fully trust you right now, but maybe in time. That's all I needed to hear. And he, while you're shaking hands, kind of pulls you in um, and wraps his other arm around you. And the rest of the party, you realize that this is very rare for an orc to be doing. But he holds you just for a brief second and then lets you go. I'm so pleased to have met you, but... Don't meet you on with good tidings. You followed this trail from from one of the one of the men out of Askenor. Am I right? That's right. Durston. Durston. During the fight, the Devil Wolves were a part of the battle, but. We saw them break apart and leave. 
Leave the rest of us to cut in each other's throats. They took your man. And I know where they're heading. You see... He acts so refined now. This Sawyer Savarine. But we all know him. As how he first introduced himself to us. Saw Moon Isle. Has gone to find the Pack Lord's heart from the Whispering Way. He's gone to take it for himself to make the Devil Wolves the premier pack in all of the Shutterwood. He's a heretic. He's not even a wolf. His pack, demon and devil worshippers, all of them, they'd bring the destruction of the werewolves of the Shutterwood. But I think that bastard hates the Whispering Way almost as much as we do. I've heard tales of them running amok in Feldgrau, the ghost town of the Furrows. They made it there a day or two ago and have been fighting the Whispering Way's forces trying to get the Pack Lord's heart. When the battle concluded this evening, we realized Mathis was dead. And I've heard howlings that Sabrissa now kneels under you. I, as leader of the Prince's Wolves, pledge my fealty to you as well, Ikmer, for the Prince's Wolves are nothing without a prince. It would most likely mean the end of at least what little order we had before from only what very little that I know of. But if it does mean it would bring harm and chaos to the werewolves as a whole. It's the pack lord's duty to support all of the wolves. And we have to go ov- go after this saw. Well, if saw should eat the heart, he will have claim over all of the wolves, over you, despite what you've done with Mathis and Sabrissa, it won't matter. You need to beat him there. The only way I can think of to gain an advantage over the Tiger King is to reascend High Throne and speak to the Song of Spheres herself. For although she is not the goddess 
of wolves. She is the goddess of men and the goddess of luck, and you will need luck to pursue Saw, to pursue the Whispering Way into Feldgrau. They've said it's a place of a thousand spirits and even more haunted these days. You won't be fighting other wolves there. You'll be fighting death itself if Desna can grant you a boon. You'll need it because the necromancer in Feldgrau has raised an army. If I may speak up, Mr. Rickmit, this necromancer in Felgrau, does he align himself with the foul cabal that we have known as the Whispering Way? He is one of their lieutenants, one of their strong members. And who is this necromancer? He goes by the name Arin Vrood. Then Orin Vrood is a sworn enemy of our family. I have spoken. We certainly don't have time to waste if this Saw and Orin are looking to cause harm, then we'll be the ones to stop them. Or at least try. I think it's time for Ikmer to take his rightful place. He may be young and a little immature, but he's grown a lot and it's time. He's already got two packs under him. Let's get him the rest. Together, I'm sure we can accomplish anything. Alright, so does he want us to leave immediately, or... No, he has said he thinks your best chance is to commune with Desna. Now, you know mm-hmm. you have the you have a scroll that basically details the ritual to activate the de- Dusk Moth on the top of High Throne and talk to Desna. Right, um... Brooks was not very clear with communicating. Does he want us to leave to High Throne immediately? I think you could you could rest the night. I you're already behind Saw. It sounds like Saw has already made it to Feldgrau. Um, Mathis or Rickmit would uh, explain that Feldgrau is several days' journey, even by Wolf. I guess they would call it <laughs> moving as fast as a werewolf. Um, so you're behind already. I think your best hope is that um, the devil wolves aren't able to take on the whispering way by themselves. Very well, Rickmit. Uh, we will once again uh, ascend the stairs and uh, get to the the high ground to 
Well, Desna's high ground. From there, we will take on Saw and the and the Whispering Way. But right now, you have to understand that we did not. Uh, it was not an easy fight to get up there in the first place. So you must understand that we have to rest now before we take on any more challenges. Ikuma, if I may, I would, I would like to extend the invitation to your father and his traveling companions to spend the night with us. Uh, I have traveled far from my home. Uh, I'm, I'm a family man, but my my old family is no longer by my side. I, I can't imagine what this must be doing to you to, to meet your father after so long. I think the two of you have a lot of catching up to do. And I, 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 I think you should spend some time together before we head to fight this Mr. Moon Isle Savarine or whatever he goes by and then attack the Whispering Way, this infernal Orin Vrood. I think uh, anything you need to talk about with your strange father, you, you should settle now. For uh, though tomorrow burns bright, it may be our last day. We fight together as one, but life is finite. Understand this. And it was my family that showed me that indeed living today means that I can protect my family tomorrow. Well, if you're going to stay the night, at least allow the prince's wolves to keep watch for you and allow us to help you with the ritual to allow you to commune with Desna. Absolutely. All right, my boy. And he pulls a bottle out from behind his cloak. You see, I mean, his cloak, like, billows. It's like fucking curtains because this guy is huge uh, and he just pulls a bottle out very rare orcish stout you should know where you came from I see you've got a tankard and he'd pour it Ickmer would absolutely uh, take some he, he wouldn't do the slam it down, try to be a tough guy thing. He's uh, still just a bit cautious, but is uh, if this is indeed the the time right before everybody else goes to bed, he'd open up a bit about how he first got the tankard in Zokar's tavern. We're never going to have another double-digit episode. And we're going to end it, or at least get close to ending it, with a cheers.
Well done, Griff. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And I think you and him would go through periods of talking, of silence, of introspection, all by the new small fire you've created. I think having a pack of wolves by your side has maybe emboldened you to allow yourself some measure of comfort. And he would sit with you for as long as you stay awake. And then eventually everyone would wake up. And it's a new day. And High Throne is not far off. You leave the clearing and set out through the woods and to the stairs of the moon and as you approach you see the bodies strewn about a great calamity took place here many wolves died while you hid you enter and you climb and you climb the stairs and you climb the spiral with each other's help you hold hands and make it despite the lack of handholds. And you enter High Throne with Ikmer and Matumbe and Eclipse and Freya and a group of the prince's wolves. You unfurl the scroll and perform the ritual that will allow you to speak with a god and as you do I need you to finish your drinks because we'll see you at episode one Woo! let's yes. go I, 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 I yeah I knew it 